630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Blue Jays still up 6-2, top of the seventh. R.A. Dickey being taken out of the game. Uh, started a little slow, but winds up with a pretty good outing. We'll keep you updated on the final for that one as uh, the Blue Jays try to get uh, sole possession of the American League East lead back. They are tied with Boston, and it's 2-1 for the Red Sox over the Rays after five. Baltimore is two back. They're looking good tonight, up 6-0 on the Washington Nationals in uh, the top of the... Uh, top of the fifth. Well, this is going to be fun. Gene Principe from Sportsnet is in studio for the next hour. Gene, thanks for coming in. It's my middle name. <laughs> fun is your middle name. <laughs> no, I don't actually. We I don't have a middle name. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, well, not that bad. Is that an Italian thing? No, you know, I, I'm not sure. We always joke with the kids we couldn't afford one when we were born. <laughs> but I, my sister and I don't have one. But my cousins, who are very similar age. Like my cousin Vince has one. I I don't know why. You know what? You ever ask your parents? No. You know what? It's funny because a lot of times the kids will ask you things. And you go, you know what? I should ask. And I say to them, Grandma, no, no. I should ask. No, 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 no. Like, why that's the case? And and we don't. Our kids do have middle names. Yeah. And uh, I've never asked my mom or dad, so I probably should find out why my sister and I don't have middle names. No. Is Gene? Is your name something Eugenio, other than Gene? Eugenio. Eugenio. Like if I could redo it. And I was doing soccer, especially. <laughs> really, the full name is Eugenio Principe. Okay. But then, you know, it gets shortened down. And then when I was going to Winnipeg to get a job, the guy said, I want you to go by Gene. you got to go by Gene. It's Gene. It's Gene. And I said, well, I need a job. You want the job? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, like, sure, whatever you want. And so then it became Gene. And, you know, it. I, I, more than anything, my last name, because when I, I, I'm always like, my kids are named Francesco and Matteo and Isabella, right? So you hear the name and you, you have sort of an idea of, like, if you say, oh, his name is Klaus, you kind of have an idea, oh, what, he might be sure. German, you know, or yeah. along those lines. Um, but with Principe, like, Principe. That's a, it's a big difference, but again, well, you come over. Just start calling and, yourself that. Well, I should, I should, I should just start. Uh, no, it's not Gene Principe. It's a genuine Principe, actually. <laughs> and so some people sort of jokingly will call me by my first name, uh, my f- full first name. But the last name, yeah, Principe. It's it's not really Italian, even though it is Italian. If you say it like it's Italian. Well, my my uh, mother, who I often reference on this show. Uh, you often in in reference to her hatred of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So we'll talk more about my mom probably on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, she's uh, she's Ukrainian. Like her her parents, my grandparents were born in in Ukraine. My yeah. mom was born in Canada. Oh, she's Canadian. Yeah. Yeah, but my mom's oldest sister was born in, in right. Ukraine. Yeah. And my mom grew up in in Lamont. And my mom's given name is Lubo. Lubo. Yeah. And she started school and uh, was basically told no. That's we're you going can't. You're, else. you're Louise. Really? So she was, the teacher just said, you're Louise, and then she was Louise. Yeah, you know what? The names get, and that's why I'm so impressed. Like, when we started, my oldest is 17, and, like, my cousin uh, Vince, Vincenzo, he's got 
Dante and Giordano and so some of these Italian names like I said Francesco Matteo they've they've kind of come back and I'll never forget one of my kids teachers he made really good teacher I like him he's a good teacher but he started calling my son Francesco Fran because oh. he had a friend named Francesco and they called him Fran. Oh. So you ask a kid in grade four, is it okay if I call you this? Of course, they're like, well, yeah, okay. So to this day now, he's going into grade 12 and some people still call him Fran. And that's not his name. And he's never, like if people ask him what his name is, he says, well, it's Francesco. He doesn't say Frankie or anything like that. But even Frankie or Chesco, my friend? No disrespect to all the friends in the world, but that's not his name. If that's your name, yeah, great. So, anyways, it's here he is uh, eight years later, and it still still sticks. But the rest of my kids go by their full names. My daughter played on a soccer team with another Isabella, and the other Isabella ended up being called Bella, and she was Isabella. Really, yeah. And Matteo, nobody's ever called him Matt. You know, just Matteo. Some of it is. I hate to say this, but it's whether you want to call it laziness or yeah. people of a different language yeah, being absolutely. a little intimidated. Both of the above. Matteo's you know? e- really easy to say, right? Yeah, I can see someone with you know Francesco. People will kind of yeah, or it takes too long. Too yeah. many syllables. What? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean his his brother, you know, and sister will call him Chesco a lot. Which at least to me, that still tells you a little bit of you know kind of who he is. But friend. Is is not French. It's interesting with with names, Sakara, Sakara. Yeah, all Sekera. of a sudden, and and, it, and we you know we interviewed a lot of guys, and especially Gene. I mean, now often we interview guys in the NHL or the CFL, so you've you know about them, right? But but I can remember, you know, you know, I reference working in Lloyd or not, or sometimes you interview somebody from a sport or not. Even sometimes you might read up on a guy, and you you read one article, he's Robert, and another yeah. article, he's Bobby or Bob, yeah. And then you interview him, and you say. What, and and yeah. they'll be. I don't care. And yeah, I'll I know. Be like seriously, you don't care. Like don't. Like, yeah. What's your name? Well, how do you want me to? Re- and even and sometimes even with the even with pronunciations of last names, sometimes yeah. guys will be like, oh whatever. What well, do you mean whatever? Well, I mean you're you're. Uh, I don't know if it's lucky, but your name is. Generally, people should not. It's misspelled a lot. Yeah, but <laughs> that, yeah. that but should be pronounced properly. But I often get, you know, Mister. Yeah, that's right. Just, yeah. just to help them out. Yeah, whatever. Like, they could shoot out Princeype, Principi, whatever. Like, whatever they just... Because I, like, especially... I mean, if it's someone you deal with all the time, you'll generally correct them just so that they're not calling you the wrong name all the time. But if it's Air Canada or whoever you're dealing with on a one-time basis, yeah, what whatever comes out of their mouth is correct. And they're like, oh, they're kind of impressed that they got it right right away. See, my, speaking of middle names, my confusion sometimes... What's your middle name? Is, my middle name is Reed. My first name is James. I go by I go Why by my middle name because because the firstborn son on the Wilkins side of the family is always named James R something. Oh, okay. So I'm the fourth generation of that. Oh, likely the last. It doesn't look like I'm going to have children at this point. So my dad Listen, is. Listen, I my, can take over the rest of the show if that helps for time. <laughs> yeah, just go. Let's go get busy right now. Yeah. <laughs> so like my dad is James uh, yeah. Robert, and and uh, my grandfather uh, was James Roy. Okay. And I think his grandfather or his father was Whoa. James Rudyard. Some Whoa. classic 1800s name. That's impressive. So uh, yeah, born in southern Ontario, where my grandparents lived. So there was uh, my grandfather was Jim. I have a cousin on the other side of the family named James. So I, I my parents decided to go with the R name for me, oh, which I'm like glad that. they did because yeah. Reed Reed stands out a little more than James. Yeah. 
But it, it, here's a good story from a f- few years ago. We all remember when Nikolai Habibulin had yeah. his, his DUI situation. Somebody from Arizona called. I didn't take the call, but the person who took the call immediately told everybody so we could all laugh. Just got a call from a newsroom in in uh, Arizona asking about Kabibulin. Kabibulin. <laughs> yeah, that's... Well, I mean, if you're not... Yeah, Kabibulin. I, I'll never forget uh, Hannah Storm, who's gone on to greatness on ESPN currently, last I checked anyways. And I was working in Lethbridge, and she was working at CNN, and uh, uh, Daniel Berthium. And she called him Daniel Bartholomew. And oh, I wow. just, I remember going, no, that's wrong, but you're sitting there in a studio reading this. And he was playing for the Winnipeg Jets back then, so yeah. she's sitting in a studio in Atlanta, and I'm like, at the time, I'm like, well, how do you... But as you, I mean, you get into your own career, there's there's times you'll see some names, and I know I work with Kevin Quinn, who is, and Drew Remenda, and Louis before that, they are, especially Kevin, because he's really, like, the color guy follows the play-by-play guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'll get many color guys that will... Not misspeak, but say it different than right. their play-by-play guy who's been calling it for the first period or whatever. Uh, but Kevin is like, he will go to players all the time when he has an uncertainty. And he gets some of that, well, you know, whatever, both of the Sekera, Sekera, well, you know, you're like, well, you know, which which one is it? And I remember talking to Sekera, Sekera, and he said, well, in Carolina, they said this. In Buffalo, they said this. And so he was kind of like, well, yeah. I'm okay with whatever, and I guess if they're okay with whatever, you just try and be as correct as possible. Uh, somebody texted in, is it Lucic or Lucic? Yeah. Uh, I say Lucic. I don't, I don't, I I, now, I do mess up the emphasis sometimes yeah. on Lucic. the syllable. But Mil- Milan Lucic. Yeah. I, that's what I would say. But that's, you know, again, we may, who knows if that's just what they called him in Boston, and maybe his, you know, in Croatian, it's not quite like that. Right. I don't know. We'll find out. Gene We've Prince got seven be- years. Yeah, uh, Eugenio Principe. 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 Yeah, I'm, I'm close. Bone. I'm close. And uh, a manja cake, I've the bone. You know, uh, <laughs> manja cake's kind of like a non-Italian. <laughs> We're gonna have some uh, fun with uh, Gene from uh, some of the stuff he's done on uh, Sportsnet. If you have any uh, questions for him, six thirty, six thirty. I don't know. Do you want to take phone calls if somebody Absolutely. actually wants to talk to you? Wow, that would be great. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you want to talk to Eugenio, yeah. it's inside sports. Can I like say? Okay, caller, you're on the air, like just on one of them maybe if someone calls? Yes, you can do that if if, if we get a call. Okay, if. (laughs) You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Welcome back to Inside Sports. Reed Wilkins and Gene Principe in studio. Bill, you're on the air. That was beautiful. Uh, hey, Eugenio and uh, and James, I appreciate the time. You know, hey, I just James. had a question for you, actually. I wanted to find out, you're around uh, the, the Oilers a lot, and, uh, and you and you, uh, you get to hear stuff that we don't get to hear, um, you see stuff that we don't get to see. What is your take on what uh, what you think the team's going to be doing this year? How do you think they're going to do it? Are they going to have much improvement or just a little bit not quite squeezed into the playoffs? Uh, Bill, um, thanks for the call, first off, and that's really He's exciting still, for uh, me. Leave the line open. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I... I Listen, I, I get, I'm sure like Reed, James, he gets the question a lot. What do you think, uh, the, you know, the questions I get is, what do you think of the orders? What do you think of the new building? And will you have parking? 
first off, let's start with the Oilers. For sure, I think Connor McDavid, you know, I'm not going to try and jinx him, but I, to me, he's a top five scorer. Uh, I was reading something about Johnny Goudreau being in the top three. People think he's going to be in the top three. Well, if he's in the top three, I think Connor McDavid's in the top two. So I, I just think that, you know, Johnny Goudreau's an excellent player, but I would suggest that Connor might be able to potentially put together more points. So I think Connor's going to have a hell of a year, and I'd be surprised if he's not a candidate for the Hart Trophy. That's how much I think of him, especially after he's named captain. Um, as for the team, I, I just, you know what, I truly believe that they will really push for a playoff spot. I like their goaltending. I really like their forwards. I'm going to miss Taylor Hall like he's not quite my own kid, but fairly close because I really enjoyed having him around. Um, they've got Milan Lucic, and I think that they're going to continue to build on their defense, so they're going to push for a playoff spot. And Rogers' place looks great, and I don't know about my parking. Yeah, I don't know about my parking either. I was saying earlier, Bill, I, I could see this team improving by seven wins again, which would mean they probably wouldn't quite get into the playoffs. I'm still concerned about their depth, and I'm concerned about the number of teams they have to leap over. And I know every year they all start at zero. Um, but I, I don't see a team in the West that deproved that significantly. Um, so I, I don't know if they quite get in. But I'm with Gene that I'm, I'm pretty high on Talbot, and I'm pretty high on McDavid. I just worry about can they survive a couple of injuries, like if a Pouliot-caliber player goes down again. And they're going to have to be... Larson's going to log a lot of minutes as a defender. Uh, I still think they're going to have to be a defense-by-committee team, and I don't know if that quite gets it done but but i think they're probably more entertaining and, and more competitive with mcdavid leading the way well i think simply based on their talent level and acquisitions now they've lost someone forward obviously with, with hall going my hopes are that just if, if all things were equal simply based on, on who they changed like who they brought in that that i would hope would give them three to seven wins but the whole year different and hopefully Connor mcdavid being being around for the full season may top up that 7 to closer to 10 to 12 to maybe 15 wins. 15 might be pushing it, but I'm hoping they're going to be closer to the 10 to 12 range, which that should put them in the playoffs, I'm guessing, you know? Yeah. If they get 10 more, that's 41. They should be in. And I think I think Shirelli thinks they can do it. And you know, uh, Bill, to pick up on James's point here, I, I agree. This is kind of like being in a race with Usain Bolt and a bunch of great runners. And you keep going, well, who's going to slow down, right? right? And when Reed talks about deprove, um that you can make the playoffs. But I think this is all about, and I, I, I agree that that's, you know, when you look and you go, well, who's going to fall out of here? But I think it's just about barreling ahead. It's about worrying about your lane and about your time and about your record. And the rest of that stuff, you, you're going to not, you're going to not have to worry about it. You just do what you got to do. You get your time, you get your wins, you get your overtime points and all that stuff. And don't worry about, oh, well, who, you know, is Chicago going to drop out or Nashville or who, who's going to drop out? Calgary was there two seasons ago. Right. Just worry about yourself and you'll be able to take care of it. Bill, thanks for calling, man. Good to hear from you. I mean, you make a good point about worrying about your own lane. And, I mean, a lot of times the way I look at it, Gene, is each, each hockey game is a 60-minute problem that you have to solve. If the Oilers are a little better at solving yeah. each of those 82 problems than they were last year... Yeah. Um, you know, they cut their goals against down by half a goal per game, which is a lot. Yep. And I think the comparison with this team is just that the previous year was so poor, right? So they're, they're trying to get out of such a 
such a big such a big hole. Uh, 7804960063. We have Ron on the line as well. Hey, Ron. Hi guys. How are you doing? Good, Ron. How are you? Good, pretty good. Thanks. Uh, just a quick comment or question. I'm hoping you guys can comment on it. What is the CFL that uh, receivers run offside every play? That old bloody Ray Elgard used to do it all the time. Saskatchewan <laughs> always kicked this off back then. And now it seems like they do it all the time. And I think it makes the CFL look pretty cheap. And I don't know if they're just doing it to try to increase the scoring or advantage for the uh, offense. But I say it looks just looks horrible. I mean, you guys got any comments on that? Have you noticed that? Or what do you guys think about that? Yeah, Ron, I'm going to put you on hold because you're a little scrambly there, but I think we got your call. I mean, obviously, Ron and anybody who watches the CFL know you you can have two or three guys. Well, I yeah. guess technically four if you if you put out everybody hit the line running, and they usually give you half a step as long as your foot hasn't planted down. They'll usually give the the waggle receiver, the motion receiver, the the quote unquote neutral zone. I, I admit there's there's always a few a year where you're like, wait a minute, he looked like he was really preceded the play. Um, now with the shotgun snap, you got to remember watch when the snap started, not when the quarterback receives the ball. Watch because by the time the quarterback actually gets the ball, the receiver could be three to five yards yeah. down the field. Uh, Elgard, I mean, he yeah. was one of the better yeah, ones absolutely. at timing it though, right? And sometimes, yeah, sure, do veterans sometimes get the benefit of the doubt? Sure. Well, it's it's kind of like uh, sort of offside with soccer. A lot of times people will <laughs> see the guy retrieve the ball and he's 17 feet past, you know, every defender. And they're like, well, wait a minute. But, of course, it's when the ball's kicked. No, I agree with you. I watch the CFL. Uh, I, you know, I, I watch the different games and I see those those receivers going pretty hard to the line. And you, you think, geez, it looks like, what were they? Could it have been? But, I mean, I tell you what, the game would be either really slowed down or there'd be a bunch of flags if well, they really watched it um, closely. And, and then there's the there's the law and there's the spirit of the law. And I guess in this case, if, if Elgard and the Riders did it back then and now Bowman and the Eskimos are doing it now, they just kind of, it's kind of everybody's doing it, so it makes it okay. Well, and I don't think people want more flags in, yeah, in no, the CFL. No. <laughs> and I think Dave Campbell and I will we'll talk about that later on. Jed, stay on hold. You're up next. We'll catch up on some texts as well. The 630-630 Inside Sports with Sportsnet's Gene Principe in studio. We'll roll along when we get back. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right, 6-2 for the Blue Jays, still leading in the bottom of the eighth. Eskimos and Riders on this very station on Friday, 6 o'clock for the pregame show. The game will start at 8. Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, Blake Dermott, Brendan Ulrich, Scott Johnson, all part of our broadcast team. Dave Campbell will join us in half an hour. Gene Principe from Sportsnet is in studio. Gene, thanks again for coming in. No problem. Can I give your football guys a plug? Yes. I uh, I tend to uh, listen to a lot of the football stuff on the radio. I don't know why. I'm not sure why. It just seems like I, I seem to listen more than watch. Or it, it appears to me like that. And they do a really good job with the sideline stuff. And, and Dave and Morley make a good combo. And I like Blake and his sort of interjections and his professional experience jumping in. I, I, I like them. I, they do a good job. You know, I, and to me, nowadays where everyone seems to be glued to their handhelds or they're watching TV right. or, you know, where are all the options that you have, I... They do a good job. Just like your 
hockey guys, which I'm looking forward to listening yeah. to soon enough. Jack and Bob. Yeah, and who actually you. work for the Oilers. It's, it's, yeah, but they're good. Yeah, they're yeah, on yeah, Chad. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make them bad guys because they. No. Makes They're bad good. guys for other reasons. Anyway, uh, JJ says, did Gino ever find those soccer balls he lost? Oh, yeah, I do remember <laughs> that. Actually, you, I did. Uh, and I gave the gentleman a Tim Hortons gift card. Thanks to Reed, because you put me on to the CFCW guy. And he called me, and oh yeah, that's I right. ended up, yeah, that was the time, too. I, <laughs> I lost the soccer balls. My kids were like, Dad, I told you to close that. My daughter's always like, she's like a second wife. So I'll never forget, though, when I, I spun around to get back, and he had picked up the balls, and I closed the, I slammed the door, and I was so kind of on adrenaline, I ended up slamming the door on my finger, and I tried to leave the door, and I couldn't. I was like, oh, geez, now I slammed the door on my finger to top it off. But, yes, thank you for asking. I did find those soccer balls. They were intact. That was, like, over three years ago. Yes. I'm still working on Oilers now. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I, I got, remember. I got, I got, you got your headphones on? Okay. I do. Do, you, do you remember this? Can I, can I get one? Oh, I gotta go. Craig McTavish, I'm gonna go. Yeah, no problem. It's a, it's a good time for me to go. What position did you play? Yeah, not much. So a good time for me to go. Congratulations, coach. See you guys later. Yeah, I do remember that. I was talking to Jeff Sanderson. Yeah. And Jeff would kept looking over my shoulder like, and now the, the drill, for those that are a little younger may not remember, we used to do Edmonton pay-per-views, and they yeah. were great. No commercials, great access, you know, in the dressing room after a game. And so I went in, and they had won, and I'm talking to Jeff, and he probably was the second or third guy. And, uh, I, I, you know, and don't let me forget a story about Ethan Morrow in the room after a game. And uh, we, he's just looking and looking, and then I see it's McTavish. And Craig, you know what? If I can tell a little sidebar story, uh, we cover these teams, and and in my case, in your case, uh, I know you didn't grow up right in Edmonton, but for those of us who grew up Oiler fans and watched the glory years, and I remember when they beat Anaheim in the third round to go to the cup final, working for Sportsnet, getting ready to interview McTavish, and he comes up to me, gives me a hug, and he says, we did it. We did it. And I thought, and the reason I bring that up is he says in that quote there, or that clip, he says, what did you have to do with tonight's game? Yeah. Which was nothing. But yet, just to show you the kind of guy he is, he said, we did it. Like, making me feel like part of it. Even though I didn't block a shot, I didn't score a goal, I didn't do anything. But just understanding sort of the pride that we feel as Edmonton media or, or Edmontonians or Albertans who cover this club. Um, but I do remember getting kicked out. And the other point, <laughs> another night we were interviewing Ethan Morrow and they were singing the Private Eyes by Hall & Oates. Oh, yeah. Welcome to my private eyes. We're watching you. Right. So I'm interviewing Morrow and he keeps clapping when it's that point, you know. So it was kind of funny. that, uh, But it was great access. I love those pay-per-views. They were a lot of fun. Uh, all right. Uh, text here to 630-630. MD says... This is a good one. <laughs> MD says, can you ask Gene at what point does he decide to cut his hair? Sometimes it would get a little bit out of hand. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. We love Gene. One of the most endearing guys in sports broadcasting. Well, that's nice from MD. Yeah, that is nice. You know what? I had my hair short for a long time. I'm not sure why. I just did. And then the last few years, I've been growing it and growing it. And basically now it's to the point where it grows until I get a call from Sportsnet saying, hey, do you mind cutting your hair? And I'm like, great, no problem, I'll cut it. But I, I don't know, it's like I like kind of like having the 80s hair again. I don't know if it's a, a midlife crisis as I'm turning 50 in February, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I like the 80s hair. It makes me feel young again. Kellen, what do you have, buddy? How did it feel to get the hat trick? Oh, great. That was a good feeling. 
There you go. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, it was good. It was, uh, it's nice when your teammates look for you when you have two goals. It was it's a weird feeling. Everybody in the ice. Oh. My teammates were trying to get me a hat trick, so it's, uh, it feels really good. <laughs> that's awesome. It was classic. Good job, Kel. Excellent. I mean, that's incredible that he was able to do that on what? In 15 seconds? Yeah, pretty excellent, much. Excellent stuff. The Just magic of the internet, everybody. Yeah, well, I wouldn't have never known that it's... Yeah, I kind of forget what's on there, but that's a perfect example. Those were a lot of fun to do. Uh, the Oilers were, were great when it came to access, and, uh, you know, I only wish that, that, that if, the, you know, at the time it's pay-per-view, right? And if the team's struggling, people weren't maybe as willing to, mm-hmm. to spend the money to watch them. But uh, it was, uh, you know, I wouldn't say cutting-edge television. You know, I'm not Rune Arledge here for me. ABC Sports in the 70s. Uh, that would be pushing it. But it was a lot of fun, and I think it was entertaining. And the guys that I worked with, and Don Metz, uh, you know, with the Oilers kind of giving us free reign, and our producer, Larry Isaac. Anyways, a bunch of people made it a lot of fun, even if the team was struggling. All right. I uh, got a text here from Jody. Please ask Gene about his top three puns Whoa. he's ever used on air. Uh, That's I, a tough yeah. you do, you do You do at least one a game. Yeah. Well, you do more than one a game. Yeah, more than one a game. Sometimes I get a quota. It's like a you know, you two drink limit. Well, it's a three pun limit. Um, I can I can rattle off a couple real quick. Uh, one was when uh, Penner hurt his back with the pancakes, and he was ha- I don't know he was having a tough season. I said something like he craped the bed. So that was one I remember. Um, and one was uh, Jack Johnson was playing for um, L.A. And he went out to USC football uh, to uh, throw some footballs okay. at their their camp or whatever, spring camp or something. And I and the USC is called the Trojans. Yep. And I just said something about Jack Johnson. Uh, you know, uh, training with the Tro- Trojans, he's never felt this protected because he was, you know, something along you know, right. the kind of protection you wouldn't expect, something like that. Uh, third one, you know what? I don't know. Um, I, I remember doing one with Josh Green, who great guy. He he lost his tooth. He had put it down, and the waiter took it out of his napkin and threw it away. Oh. So my wife's a dental hygienist, so she has like the fake teeth at home. So I used that, and I said, th- "That is the story. That's the tooth, the whole tooth, and nothing but the tooth with the tooth in my hand." So, That's good. I like yeah. when you have props. Though when you got Matt Hendricks' cup, I was like, "What's going on here?" Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, I, had, I had envisioned holding a cup. Uh, I kind of thought maybe one day it might be the Stanley Cup as it just made its way around me. Uh, but that was an incredible story, an incredible cup, actually. Uh, and Matt was great. Like, Matt is an old-school guy who probably should have been playing in the 60s just because he's yeah. such a... You know what I mean? And that's a compliment. And we asked him, and, and JJ... i got to give the Oilers PR credit because they get a lot of requests from me. Uh, JJ, Sean, and, and Pat Garland, and uh, and Sean May and JJ Bear. I better put everyone's last name in. And... They're great. You know, sometimes they give me the, are you kidding me? Right. Are you serious? And I know you have to deal with them a lot too. But generally they come around and they, they see that I'm, what I'm doing. And, you know, sometimes they have to say no. Uh, but sure. uh, it's a lot of yeses and they help me out. And that was a yes right there, right? Because sometimes someone might go, I'm not even asking him. Yeah. Well, he wasn't right? going to use it again. It yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right. It was damaged, damaged good. The cop, so, not the... Yeah, no, no, no. The other thing was fine. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so Matt Hendricks and his cop. Uh, Gene Fritz is in studio. Uh, people are texting compliments. Uh, somebody just says, Gene, you rock. 
Maybe they think you're Gene Simmons. <laughs> I, I did interview Gene Simmons once. What was that like? It was great. He was the uh, the guy who does the thing at the Indy. You know the. Oh, he got the, to be the f- starter, the honorary yeah, starter. Yeah, yes. he was that guy. So uh, he uh, he flew in and uh, came into uh, like the executive flight center, and I met up with him there, and uh, you know I said my name's Gene too, and we we kind of hit it off and talked and. I asked to and see. You're like I've also slept with twenty thousand women. <laughs> I said I've slept with. Wait a minute, my wife might be listening. Actually, when I left the house, she said, "Should we be listening?" Uh, I'm no Gene Simmons when it comes to that. Uh, but uh, um, back to the '80s. Here we go. So I said, "Can I see your tongue?" And he said, "Really? You want to see my?" I said, "Well, that's kind of what you're famous for." And of course, being a member of Kiss, so he was good. He was a good guy. I really, uh, I really liked him. That was one of those. My son the other day was. We were talking about. Have you ever really? met or interviewed a celebrity and, mm-hmm. and my daughter's like not hockey players because I know you know they are celebrities but I know you know who who have you met and introduced yourself to or talked to and that's a guy I hadn't thought of but now that you mentioned yeah he would be a celebrity that it's a great job we get to talk to so many great oh, people that's the best thing that's you know it's it's a fantastic job I mean we get to interview hockey players football players golfers, uh, cyclists, whatever the sport. And then once in a while, we get to interview people like we don't necessarily expect to talk to. Well, that's the, that's a great thing. I'm glad you brought that up. And, I mean, you and I, especially when we were in smaller market mm-hmm. television, you know, you you got to find those stories. And a lot of people say, well, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, I am extremely lucky to cover the National Hockey League. And in a different extent, I'm not as involved in as David Morley, but the Canadian Football League, yep. the two leagues I watched growing up as a kid, and loved, and I get to go to the Oilers games, and I know there's some people who s- save money all year to go to one game. I-, I respect that, so I don't want to downplay that I know I'm lucky. But the best part of the job, the best part of the job is interviewing people. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a famous athlete. And Gene, I've probably told you this before. Maybe I even put it on a demo tape I, I sent you. I mean, we were talking before we were on air about me doing the half marathon yesterday. Yeah. Before I was a runner, I remember a story I did in Lloyd Minster with a, uh, a woman in her mid-30s who had four kids and was a stay-at-home mom, uh, but now the kids were going off to school, and she started running, and she w- and now was going to enter a marathon. And we drove out to her place by St. Wahlberg or one of those small Saskatchewan towns and interviewed her and got footed B-roll, as we call it, yep. of her running on these country roads. And there was, I mean, to me, that's that's a story. Like, that's truly what you call yep. a, a story. Here's yep. somebody who decided to do something and, no, was she a world-class yeah. athlete? No, of course yeah. not. But that's what made it, that's what, what made it unique. And, and, that, and those are the things... Uh, I mean, I was on, I know you were on with them too, uh, with the guys from Oilers Nation on their podcast, yep. Bat Bag Milk and Jean Shorts. Yeah. And Great we guys. were talking about greatest games you've ever seen. There is still a high school football game I covered in, in Unity, Saskatchewan, that till the day I die will be one of the top five wow. greatest games mm-hmm. I've, I've ever. And that, that's, that's what I like about the job. You get exposed to as much yep. as there are so many headline grabbing yep. things that we cover. And I know hundreds of thousands of people care about the Oilers and yep. it's awesome for us to connect with them. Um, but on a personal level, I'll just remember some of the great stories I was able to bring to people. Yeah. I, I, no, I'm, I, I've been able to, you know, we worked our way up. I mean, it's kind of like being a baseball player, rookie ball, single A, double A, triple A. Nowadays, some, you know, talented guys and, and gals, they jump right to the sort of the top shelf of broadcasting. You see them on national networks or they get, you know, high profile jobs on radio or in print or whatever. But when we were working our way up, I mean, it really was 
working your way up. There was the odd person who would jump right in and literally yep. go kind of from school, maybe to a quick job to, you know, working in Edmonton or Calgary or anything like that. But generally, you had to work your way up. I me- remember working in Lethbridge for for a long time. And as you were talking there, I, I remember interviewing Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> and he was a long time ago singer. And I remember asking about his name. And I said, is that your real name? And he kind of just shuttled me off like, no, but I'm not going to tell you what my real name Correct. is. Steve just, Jones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. From Engelbert Humperdinck, you're Steve Jones. Um, so there are so many great, I mean, to get to where we are, to cover Jordan Eberle and Ryan Nugent Hopkins and all those great players and Connor McDavid, we had, we had to cover a lot of great athletes that no one will ever know and will ever hear of, but we got to meet them, we got to talk to them, we got to, you know, tell their story. And so... It's so, I have all these tapes uh, from all my years of sending yeah. out tapes to get jobs. <laughs> They're all downstairs. I got like my wife's like, you're gonna keep these, and I'm like, one of these days, I'd like to transfer these over to whatever is the in way to watch right. things, and uh, you know, have a look at some stuff from you know the '80s and the '90s and 2000 and so on. It is Inside Sports on 6:30. Chet Reed Wilkins with you, the other voice from Sportsnet. The pride of the north side of Edmonton. Yes. And the north south side. side now, too. The whole city. Yeah. Uh, Gene Prince play. We're going to take a break. When we get back, I'm going to play something else uh, very unique you did from an Oilers broadcast. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chad. David, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to tell you a story about the Todd father. This guy, Peter Shirelli's looking for a coach. And he says to McClellan, oh, I'm going to make you an offer. You can't refuse. And he didn't. And so he became an owner. He joined the familia. He's taught to tell Nugent Hopkins, Amberley, Yakupal Hall, and this kid, McDavid, how to be winners. Just like his old job. Oh, seven long years. He worked with San Jose. And tonight, for the first time, he goes against his old team. He don't want any bloodshed, but he wants to win the game to make it four in a row for the Todd Father. Salute. You know, I didn't even, I, I don't even get to see a lot of your stuff anymore. So that yeah. was from this past season. Yeah. That, that was Gene, by the way, if people yeah. didn't know what yeah, that was. Either. That was you. Oh, you know what? Uh, shout out to my my trumpet player, Dave Burt. Dave's uh, in the military, uh, one of those that keeps us uh, safe. Uh, his wife is a uh, dentist, Lisa, and my wife's a dental hygienist, so they kind of talk teeth and stuff while Dave and I talk sports. Uh, great Northside people, great Edmontonians, and I had wanted to do this literally from the day Todd was hired, I said, I gotta do this, I gotta do it. Now, as you hear in the opening, they had won three in a row, right? So Mm -hmm. if they had lost three in a row, I wouldn't have been doing it for sure, because, you know, I just, not the right time or place. Yeah, the tone's not right. Right, and uh, we got the suit, and then I got, I wanted to use the music, but the music was like a couple grand to use it. Oh, jeez. So he said, well, for a minute, I don't think we got that kind of uh, money in our budget. So Dave, the night before, said, well, I'll get the music, and next day he, he calls me, and he's playing. I'm like, Dave, that's perfect. Too bad Dave is away right now with Lisa, but and I said, that's perfect. We came in, and not kidding you, Reed, 
That was the second time we did it. We did it. Our, our producer, Larry, said, let's just put it to tape just just in case. We want it, you know, because we do it live. What about if there's yeah, the something, right? And then the, the whole bit's ruined. I'm like, no problem. They said, you know, if it doesn't work, we still got live. Great. Second shot, Dave was perfect. He ended right on, you know, his notes. And it's one of my favorite openings because so many people helped do it. And... Um, it just was fun, and I guess maybe the, you know the little Italian in me, the, the you know the Godfather, the Todd father. Uh, so it was a lot of fun, and, and it's funny because it, you know players have no idea really what I do until they're hurt and they see road right. games, you know, because they're they're playing, and you know they might see a story on Sportsnet Central at night, but it's different than the openings and all the puns and blah blah blah. Um, but the Todd father a couple of days later said, um, someone said I I should watch. The Todd Father, the opening. What? What's? What's that all about? And I said, "Well, Miles Feet, great uh, former video coach for yeah. the Oilers." I said, "Well, you know, get Miles to." I, I'm kind of embarrassed, right? Like, oh, well, yeah, it was I this and that. On my phone, yeah. you know. Here, why don't you watch right here? I said, you know, we'll get him if you want. You know, to to look at it. And I never followed up. I, I don't know if he saw it or not. And it would, you know, be it would be <laughs> crazy of me to think that he's watching my opening when he's worrying about, you know, five on threes, five on fours, mounted, you know, all that stuff. But it was, it was just, and the, you know, if I can, I'm rambling on this one, but it applies to all of my openings and all the things I do. I get a ton of help from behind the scenes people who will, you know, nobody but me and maybe a few others know, but we have such a great crew um, that help me do what I do. Like it or not, they, they've got my back and they help me out. And I've thankfully my sports net, um, you know, higher ups, have my back once in a while you kind of get you know the teacher slaps the ruler on the front of the desk saying hey you gotta take it easy a bit which i get i understand but uh you know what i love doing it this way and i hope i can continue doing it this way for a long time uh twitter gives you immediate reaction that was the best thing i've ever seen you suck you should be not on tv right Right. like within five seconds of each other but that's okay that's okay i don't mind this texture says Engelbert Humperdinck's birth name was Jerry Dorsey. <laughs> oh, is that go. right? Yeah. Thank well, you, thank for, you that. for that. Uh, Blue and White says Eugenio Principe. Yeah, I didn't yeah. say it properly. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, esteemed alumni of St. Joseph's High School. Yes, have enjoyed, have enjoyed following his career to date, a class act, but make no mistake, he's a North Sider. Well, that's from Frank Stale. Stale. Today, oh yeah, Frank. Hey, you know Frank. Frank. I know Frank, of course. There he is. He's listening tonight. Frangi, how are you? <laughs> That's kind of like a Italian. Frangi is kind of like Frank, but with Italian Northside Calabrese accent. There you go. Uh, have you ever lived on the south side of the river? Never. Ever? Honestly, I, uh, Reed, I know it's going to sound funny, but I didn't even know Italians lived on the south side. <laughs> there must be a few. I'm not. No, but I mean, I'm talking like now. I know that, but. Like, I was in my 20s and, like, I had 30s, and I'm like, one time I met a guy from the south side. He was Italian. I was like, do Italians live on the south side? <laughs> I honestly thought all of them lived, like, well, you you know, near Italian Center Shop. Yeah, when I live first, around there. You know, yeah. around Spinelli's, and then started to, to branch. I grew up near Com- kind of Commonwealth, between Commonwealth and Rexall, Northlands Coliseum. And then, you know, we went to Castle Downs and Castle Brook and Bella Reeve and, you know, all those places, Clara View. Everybody moved north. When I first met a guy from the south side, I'm like, I didn't realize Italians lived on the south side. I never knew <laughs> that's that. A, that's incredible. I had no idea. 
Uh, all right, uh, we're in our final minute, Gene. So thank you for coming in. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Yeah, thanks. You're not quite back at work, eh? Uh, slowly, slowly. I'm easing my way in. I'm going from you know 60 to 80 up to 100, starting probably in the next couple of weeks. So thank you for this. A lot of fun. To, uh, yeah, I love when you chat. come in, man. We'll just do chat. this during the season too. Of Sounds course. great. All right, that is Gene Principe from Sportsnet. Thanks to everybody who uh, texted and tweeted during that interview. And you know what's cool? The show is not even done. We'll talk a little Eskimos with Dave Campbell when we get back. And this is a listener-suggested segment at 8.30. I love these. We're going to meet uh, the coach and a player from an Alberta roller hockey team that won a North American tournament. Pretty unique stuff. That's all coming up on Inside Sports. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.